All right, everybody. Good morning, High Desert Word Center. How we doing on Labor Day weekend? Praise God. Yes. Hallelujah. No, we got a lot of people traveling and doing those last minute summer vacations and stuff like that. So we pray for their safety and, uh, and all that. We'll see them next week. But thank you everybody for being here today. Let's go ahead and stand up. We are going to speak some words of faith over the United States of America because we are hitting this hard and heavy. We are not letting go of this, that we are going to see America come to Jesus and we are speaking these words of faith every single time. Amen. Let's say this together. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name and in unity. We confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness Mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school, and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America, in Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Now remain standing. All right, so going to throw a little curveball at you today. Uh, we're trying to uh, get more and more, uh, uh, just recover some of the things that we stopped doing pre-COVID, so to speak, and, and we're pretty much there, but one thing that a lot of people have been asking about and saying, hey, I miss the meet and greet time. We used to always do that, and so, uh, hey, all right, who's been here for a while? You know what I'm talking about this morning, amen? And so, we're going to take a minute, the worship team's going to play a song, but this is a chance to go around, shake some hands, smack some high fives. Now, if for some sort of health reason or whatever else, you don't want people in your space, we don't judge that. You can just say, hey, how you doing? Wave from a distance. That's fine. But at the same time, we want to make sure that everybody gets some hugs and attention and some love. Amen. And it's time for us to get more and more connected to how we need to be. All right. And so the worship team's going to lead us for a minute. Let's walk around and shake some hands and say hey to each other for a few minutes. And then we'll get into the rest of the service. All right. Let's go. song. Lift up his name with joyful praise. Sing of his sweet salvation. Morning to night and day to day. And thank Him. Our God provides our every need. Worship the God of mercy, who gave His life to set us free. Our God is greatly to be praised. Nothing in all the earth compares to Him, the God of glory and of grace. Our God is great. Our 
triumph. Let every tongue proclaim His praise. Boast in the resurrection. In Jesus Christ, your rules and reigns. Our God is greatly to be praised. Nothing in all the earth compares to Him, the God of glory and of grace. Our God is great. Our God is great. Our God is greatly to be praised. Nothing in all the earth compares to Him. Our God is great, our God is great. The sin of our salvation. Our God is great, our God is great. The church of Christ proclaims it. Our God is great, our God is great. The skin of shouts and sings it. Our God is great. Our God is great, our God is greatly to be praised. Nothing in all the earth compares to Him, the God of glory and of praise. Our God is great, our God is great, our God is greatly to be praised. something. I don't know. Be a better you. Okay. How's that sound? Crazy. <laughs> All right. Um, let's see here. Uh, they wanted me to remind you, if you are serving in an area in the ministry of helps, please respond to the email reminders that you're getting uh, with, so you can confirm and whatnot. That's going to help us out. If you have any questions about the, the church software or email system, see Leah after the service in the coffee bar and she'll explain that to you and let you know. See, look at that. Look at that. Wave at everybody. She was just dancing and you guys didn't see it, all right? Praise God. <laughs> so, all right, very good. And also, parents, there's no Children's Church General Store today. We're going to move that back a week, so that'll be next week. All right? And then I'm going to have uh, Mrs. Pastor come on up and talk to you ladies about the September women's meeting. How's that sound? Yeah. All right, ladies. It's our fall kickoff. You know, we take the summer off because there's too much to do. So we're kicking off this Friday night, September 10th, in Victory at 6.30. It's Italian night. 
So that means that we get to bring food, folks. So bring a dish to share, you know, and something Italian, salads, desserts, something like that. We're going to have a super good time. I'm going to be teaching on how to live a merry life in a Martha world. So how to live a merry life in a Martha world. So, you know, it's going to be good stuff. All right. There's no child care. I've got to remind you about that. But if your daughters are big enough to sit still and, you know, and horse teenagers or whatever, bring a friend if you want to. But if there's little ones running around, that's kind of distractive. So anyway, that's that story. Amen. All right. Very good. That sounds like it's going to be a good time. Amen. You get dinner and the word. There's nothing better than that right there. All right. Um, so next Sunday, a couple of big things. First of all, we're going to have our missionaries, Ron and Annette Thiessen with us from Peru and Honduras. All right. Amen. And so they are really excited about being here. It's their first time in Barstow with us, and uh, it's going to be awesome. These guys are intense. They are hardcore missionaries. They are going up the Amazon River in boats for days at a time just to preach to people. I mean, these guys are legit. So be here next Sunday to hear what they've got to say. And also next Sunday, on a more somber note, is Corey's last Sunday. Corey, stand up. This is Corey from Fort Irwin. Amen. He's one of our soldiers. All right. He is being sent to South Korea um, in a few weeks, and he's going to be there for a year, and then he's going to receive a new station after that. So we're going to celebrate him next Sunday and have a little reception after the service with some uh, punch and cookies and stuff like that. But we want everybody to get a chance to say uh, some goodbyes to him. And he's still going to be able to watch online and stuff like that, but we're going to miss having him here with us. He's been a good part of us, all right? So, what? Yeah, you can, and I think it'd be awesome if everybody brought a note or a card to send with him. That way he could remember uh, some of us and some uh, give him some encouragement on his way out, okay? Does that sound good? All right. A few other quick things. Financial Peace University starts Monday, September 13th, 6 p.m. in Victory Hall. And uh, there is child care available for $2 per kid. And uh, that you can register online at hdwc.org slash fpu. Then I've got, coming up after that, baptism sunday on september 19th yes so i'm gonna pass this around today frank do you want to get this going for me brother um if you have not been baptized you need to be baptized it's not what gets you into heaven but it is a very important element to our faith and you need to have had that moment where you made a public proclamation of your faith in jesus and so i highly encourage you if you've not been baptized sign up or maybe you got baptized as a little kid and you're like, oh, I didn't really know anything about it. I didn't understand it. And now I'm an adult and I really want to do this. Sign up. We will baptize you. And it is a powerful, awesome moment and a great day for you. All right. And here's a big announcement. Can everybody hang on to their seats? I don't want anybody to fall down. I, I don't want, I don't need that on my hands. I don't, I don't need that on my conscience. All right. Hold on to your seats. Coming up on Friday, October 29th, we will be having a harvest fest. All right. So I'll give you much more details to come. Now, most of you are used to our, our Harvest Fest is our main event of the year. Uh, usually there's several thousand people here. We flood the entire 13 acres with a sea of people. We're not going to go that route just yet, okay? And so what this is going to be more like last year's Harvest Fest was, where it's not so much of an outreach to the community. We want to get back to that in future years. Uh, but for this year, we still want to bless our kids, amen? Who knows that your kids still need blessed too, right? They still need to know that... 
God's good, and that this is a great time of year to celebrate him. So we will give you a lot more details to come. Uh, but again, this is not the massive 3,000-person event. This is more of the church family, and you could invite a friend or something. We're not advertising it. We're not sending flyers to the schools. So uh, usually we want as many people as we can get. That's just not the case this year. And part of that is we know the Supreme Court ruled that they can't shut churches down for church services again. Who thinks that's a really good thing? Amen. Hey, it's not like we were going to listen anyway, but for those that do listen, amen. But on top of that, uh, they could shut, you know, they could say, hey, we don't want you to have 5,000 people at some great big event together. And like, okay, well, it's not a church service. So I get that. So we're just looking ahead and planning ahead for the months uh, to come. But I'm really happy that we're doing this. And I want our kids to have a blast and a really good time. So we will give you more details in the weeks ahead on how we're going to plan this and make it an awesome, awesome family time together for the church family. Does that sound good to everybody? Amen. That's exciting stuff. All right. Well, that was a lot of announcements, but who knows what time it is now? It's happy time. Amen. If you need an envelope this morning, raise your hand and the ushers will gladly get you one. And we are going to open up our Bibles to Galatians chapter 6. Yes, who's with me? Galatians chapter 6. And we're going to look here at verse 7. Galatians 6 and verse 7. Now, if you're giving online, you can go to hdwc.org slash giving. Uh, you can do it that way. There's also a phone number you can text. I don't have that phone number memorized, so you have to look it up on the website. But it is there, okay? And so Galatians chapter 6 and verse 7. Man, this is powerful. I'm in the NLT on this. It says, don't be misled. There's a lot of people that are misled. Have you ever met somebody? You're like, man, they are misled. Maybe that's not the phrase you use, but you're like, hey, something ain't right there. Well, it says, don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Or as the King James so eloquently puts it, you will always reap what you sow. You reap what you sow. And what I love about this verse is this applies to every area of our life. This applies to how you treat people. If you go around treating people bad, you're going to reap a harvest in your life of being treated bad. If you go around planting seeds of forgiveness, you're going to be forgiven when you need it. But praise God, this also applies to our finances. There's a lot of people that they're just praying to God for a miracle financial breakthrough. They're praying for some sort of cash windfall to come out of heaven. And listen to me, you don't get to claim harvest if you don't plant any seeds. And there's a lot of people that they're praying for a harvest in their life, but they've not planted any seeds. And listen, you cannot mock the justice of God. Or the King James says, God will not be mocked. Don't think that you get to cheat the system, but everybody else has to play by the rules. It applies to you too. So listen, if you are planting seeds, if you are sowing those seeds, God is a God of justice. You will reap a harvest in your life. Who in here, you've planted some seeds financially, and God has brought in the harvest when you have needed it. Amen? I've seen this time and time again, and all I can say is, God, you are a God of justice. You are just, and you are good, and your word is true. Amen? And so my encouragement for you today is this, is that you will reap what you sow. You will harvest what you plant. And so stick with it, and God's going to come through for you in your finances. Can I get a great big amen today? 
Amen. Let's stand up together. Hallelujah. We're going to speak some words of faith over our tithes and our offerings. And I remind you that this is not just something we do because we needed to fill up some space. This is not just some tradition we have. This is a powerful thing to speak words of faith over your finances and let God get a hold of your money. Amen. So let's say this together. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth and business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all of my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously in the kingdom of God, and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's go. Let's all just stay standing and come on up to the altar for some worship together. Rise, my soul. Remember this. He took my sin and he buried it. No longer I who live. Now Jesus lives in me. For I was dead in sin, but I woke up to see the light. No, I won't boast, but in the cross that saved my soul, all else is lost. The grip of fear has no hold on me. So where, oh death, where is your sin? No longer I who live, now Jesus lives in me. For I was dead in sin, but I woke up to see the light. No, I won't boast, but in the cross that saved my soul. Hallelujah. All else is lost. The grip of fear has no hold on me. So Sing that out today. 
Jesus lives in me, for I was dead in sin, but I woke up. Let's sing no longer. No longer I who live, now Jesus lives in me, for I was dead in sin, but I woke up to see the light. Every breath. 
time to sing all my life. And all my life you have been faithful. Thank you, Jesus. And all my life you have been so, so Lord, we love you, and we can say today that all of our lives, you have been faithful to us, God. You've been better to us than we deserve, that's for sure, Lord. We love you, and we are grateful for all that you are and all that you've done. And Lord, we've pledged today that we're going to serve you, we're going to follow you, we're going to stick with you, Jesus, no matter what may come. We thank you for all that you are in our lives. Amen. Amen. Well. Uh, This morning is our communion Sunday. We set aside one Sunday a month for communion, and today's that day. And um, we're going to share a few verses on that in a minute. But uh, to take communion at High Desert Word Center, you don't need to be a member of the church. We just ask that you be a member of the body of Christ, that you be a born-again Christian. Amen. And so uh, what we're going to do is we've got the ushers here with the elements. We're going to go row by row and come up and get the elements. Go back to your spot. And then I want to encourage you with a few verses. If you're watching online, you could go to the kitchen or wherever and get some elements too. And uh, join us in that. But let's go ahead and uh, come up uh, and get our communion together and then go back to your spots. Amen. I just wanted to share a few verses with us this morning from Hebrews chapter 10, Hebrews chapter 10. And I, I, I feel like we don't often understand or fully appreciate all that it is that Jesus did for us. And I mean, I know that I don't fully comprehend it. I probably never will until we get to heaven. But the love of God, as Paul said in Ephesians, it is beyond human comprehension. And I'm grateful because 
Jesus paid the sacrifice for my sins, right? I don't have to make any sacrifices to pay for my sins anymore. I sacrifice things for Jesus out of the goodness of my heart. You know, I make the sacrifice of praise. I make the sacrifice of my time. I sacrifice my money. I sacrifice my resources. But none of that is so Jesus will forgive me. He just forgave me because of how good he is. Amen. And so I'm not getting to heaven based on how good I've been. I'm getting to heaven based on how good Jesus has been to me. Amen. And because I've received him into my heart and the same thing is true for you. But Hebrews chapter 10 verse 19 in the NLT, it says, and so dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. Think about that. You, me, can go right into heaven's most holy place, into the presence, into the throne room of God because of the blood of Jesus. I don't have to stand on the outside looking in the windows. I don't have to beg at the door. Jesus already made me righteous because of his blood. By his death, Jesus opened a new and life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. And since we have a great high priest who rules over God's house, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him. How can I even go into God's presence? For our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean. And our bodies have been washed with pure water. And so I'm telling you today that if you're a child of God, if you've repented of your sins, if you've received Jesus, you are clean. You're not some dirty old scoundrel in here. You're not somebody that's just on the outside looking in. You don't have to come in here feeling condemnation and like I don't belong. You belong, but it's not because of how good you are. It's because of how good Jesus is. If you have confessed your sins, if you've received him, you're forgiven. You've been made as white as snow. We ought to give God some praise for that today. Amen. That he's been good to us. Hallelujah. And so there's so much more in that, but I'm not going to preach a sermon on it. But when I think about the blood of Jesus and what it did in my life, my gosh, I'm going to heaven someday. I'm not afraid of dying anymore because I'm going to heaven. I'm not afraid that I'm going to go to hell. I'm going to heaven someday. God is good to us. And so as we think about that, the apostle Paul gave us the instructions as a New Testament church for taking communion. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, and one important thing that Paul said to do when we take communion is in 1 Corinthians 11 verse 27. He said, so anyone who eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner is guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. This is why you should examine yourself or judge yourself before eating the bread and drinking the cup. And so what we always do every single time we take communion, we take a minute before we actually partake of the bread and the juice to examine ourselves and judge ourselves because the last thing that I want to do on earth is take the blood of Jesus in an unworthy manner. Amen. And take it in just some, eh, it's just communion. It's what we do every month. Who cares? That's the wrong attitude, friend. Don't be like that. Take a minute here to examine your life and say, Lord, is there something I need to change? Is there something I need to quit doing? Is there something I need to repent of? Make things right with God right now. And then we'll go ahead and take the elements. All right. So let's take a minute here to do that.
1 Corinthians 11:23, For I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and said, This is my body which is broken for you. Do this to remember me. And so, Lord, we take this bread today and we do this to remember you. And we realize that this represents your body that was beaten for us, God, so we could receive healing and restoration into our lives. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. And in the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this to remember me as often as you drink it. And so, Lord, we take this juice today that represents your blood, and we know that we've got a new covenant with you. And thank you, Jesus. Our sins are washed away. We can go to heaven someday because of this. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Let's raise our hands for a minute this morning. We love you, Jesus, and we thank you. We are grateful. And Lord, may we never take it for granted. May we never lose sight of your blood and what you did for us, God. How you restored us, how you healed us, how you gave us a second chance and a third chance and however many chances we needed. We thank you, Jesus, that you have been good to us and we reverence you. We honor you. We respect you more than anything else in this world. We thank you, Jesus, for who you are. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can we give God some praise today? Amen. Amen. Well, I'm going to have Pastor come on up, my dad, and he's going to be bringing the word to us today. And so I'm excited for this. Who's ready to receive from the word of God today? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, say this to me. Say, God is good. And his mercy endures forever. Amen, amen. Now you can give your neighbor a high five or something. We already greeted, but glory to God. It's good to be in church. Amen. It's good to be together, worshiping Jesus and learning and knowing things. Uh, I'm going to be talking today about you are blessed to be a blessing. You are blessed to be a blessing. And we're going to talk about how to get people into heaven. Amen. We're blessed to be able to help other people know what we know. So they can go to heaven too, amen? And i uh, got a couple things I want to show out of the bookstore. Uh, this one here is called Nuggets of Gold uh, for the Word of God. And this here is on evangelism. Sure, that, that's evangelism? Yeah, on evangelism. And what these are, over the last uh, 30 years, Mrs. Pastor, when I'm talking and nuggets come out of me, things that I don't think of is by the Holy Ghost inspires things to come out. She's been writing those down and put these into books back there. And uh, it was a section back there called Pastor Nuggets of Gold. There's that one on this is the Word of God. But I, I, I've never ever really looked at these much because I just haven't. But I was looking at this part and thought, wow, that's some pretty good stuff. I want to read you a couple things. And this is from the evangelism because that's what we're going to be talking about today, about you being your personal evangelism life. But I thought, wow. And then I thought, I said that, but no, I, I was inspired by the Holy Ghost to say it because I, I couldn't come up with things like this. But then, here's one for your Christian witness, what people see. It says, we are a letter read of all men. We're a book. Are we a comic book, a dirty book, or a holy book? 
as a Christian, you want to be known as the jokester or a holy man or woman of God. You want to be known as the pervert, <laughs> a dirty book. You know there's dirty books out there. And there's comic books, but then there's a holy book too. And what do we want people to think of when they see us? Now, here's another one. Everyone who is in heaven made a choice to be there. Well, guess who it is that shows them the choices they have? Not just the preachers, but it's the believers. Here's one. Oh, boy, this is a good one. If you're going to catch sharks, don't you be the bait. Man, can you, can you believe I said things like that over the years? That is so good. Now, here's this one on Nuggets of the Word of God. It says this, hearing aid. When God aids your hearing, I say it over and over again from the Word. That's a hearing aid. When you keep on speaking the Word of God, that aids your hearing. Blessed is the man who doesn't walk in the counsel of the unword people. Blessed is the man who walks in the counsel of the Word. These things are just loaded with things like that. And my wife is very, very gifted to put this stuff together. But anyway, that's just things from the Word of God over the years that have changed people's lives. And I'll tell you what, those would be, those would be a good thing to give for gifts even. I'm not up here trying to sell stuff. I'm just thinking about us helping people to get to know Jesus and helping people become born-again Christians and then learn to walk in victory as Christians. And uh, I want you to up to Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12, we're going to look at verse 2, and I want to say this, I know that uh, I just think about the shape of our country today, the shape of the world today, and the things we, we're going to be talking about is anything, those things specifically, but the only way we're going to change anything is to get people born again, and then to get born again Christians to go into church, read their Bibles, hook it up with other Christians, and that kind of thing. And so the things we're looking at about blessed to be a blessing, they're for all of us to be better Christians to help people turn around. You know, just praying is going to turn the country around. That opens the spiritual door. And, you know, it's just like planting seed. Pastor Dave talked about seed time and harvest a while ago. It does no, a farmer no good to dig up the ground and to water if he doesn't put good seed in the ground. And so the praying is like the watering and the preparation of the soil around us in our country and people's hearts. But then the Christians that plant the seed of the Word of God in you know, the hearts that been prepared by prayer, that's where change takes place. Amen? You know, nobody, nobody is just born to think, I just want to see how mean I can be today. Well, I know back before I was a Christian, when I was going through different things in life, man, sometimes I was meaner than a junkyard dog. I didn't, want, I didn't get up just thinking I want to go out and be mean to the world today, but I hated life. And so whoever's the first human being crossed, crossed my path, there's the one that got the first volley. That's hard to believe a guy like me can be like that. But I'm not a guy like me like I was. I'm a new guy. I'm a new creature in Christ. And when I turned around... The same people I cussed out, wanted to fight all the time, are the ones I wanted to hug and preach to. <laughs> Amen. A lot of their lives were changed. And so I'm thinking about our lives as Christians today. I want to stir us to be more conscious of what's going on around us. And instead of complaining about everything, start changing things. By our conduct as Christians. You know, I was talking to Brother Jesse a while ago. 
And we're talking about some of the things going on and money things and things like that and some of the ways that, that the society tells us we have to do things for money, how we have, what things we have to do to be able to get this done, get that done. And he said, somebody, he was trying to help Bree, said, well, that's the way everybody does it. And I, I, said, I said, I'm not an everybody, I'm a whosoever. Mark 11, verse 23, Jesus said, whosoever shall say. And so everybody may have to do it that way, but I'm a whosoever, I'm going to do it Jesus' way. That's another nugget right there I just got this morning. And say this to me, say, say, say I'm not an everybody, I'm a whosoever. Amen. That's who Jesus said would get it. And so anyway, in Genesis chapter 12, verse 2, and this is God when he first began to hook up with Abraham, who was going to become his covenant partner. He said in verse 2, I will make of thee a great nation. And he said, and I will bless thee and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. I circled those two things. He said, I will bless thee and thou shalt be a blessing. I will bless thee. And that shall be a blessing. And so, and, so, and so God, this has been his heart and his plan for all generations. This has always been the heart and the plan of God to bless people because he loves them, then for us to take the blessing. And, you know, we can talk about that in the financial arena, you know, being a blessing with your money, being a blessing with helping people, things like that. But the number one blessing that opens up the door to every blessing is to be born again. It doesn't make any difference how healthy you are, how much money you got. If you die and go to hell, don't get to go to heaven. You know, Jesus talked about the rich man in the book of Luke. He said there was a man who had so much money he didn't know what to do. He said, so I'll just build bigger buildings so I can store my stuff. And then he said, God talked to him and said, you fool. Don't you know you're going to die today? And then whose will all those things be? And so that's not the kind of blessing we're talking about, although that's a part of it, because God wants people to go to heaven. And the ones that God uses to influence people, preachers influence the ones that will come to church, and we can, as a one-on-one individual, visit, uh, influence people we meet on the street or family members one-on-ones. But the main thing is the congregation members are out there every day. You're on the jobs, you're in the stores, you're at the family functions, you're the ones that they see more than anybody. And so I really want to be able to show you how to be an influencer today and how to be a blessing to people. How many want that? Amen. I'll tell you what. I, I was talking to, well, well, my friend, with Je- I was talking with Jesse. And, you know, I was telling Jesse, there's a lot of things that I shared with my parents that were never received. But I said the main thing I shared with them they did receive and led to a prayer of salvation. And so they may not have got much blessing on earth here of things we know, but praise God, I'll be with them forever and ever in heaven. I got the main blessing to them, and they got it. Amen. Give the Lord a hand. Amen. Give him a shout. And that's what it's about, get these people, get these people born again, where they get at least get the revelation that Jesus is the only way to get to heaven. Amen. Get that much into him. So anyway, uh, God called Abraham his, his friend. And I want you to write these two verses down I'm going to give you. They're really, they're really important. In Galatians chapter 3, verse 9, and Galatians 3, verse 29, Galatians 3, verse 9, verse 29, it says that everyone that's a born-again Christian is a child of Abraham also. Abraham's our father. He's our spiritual father, it says, if we're Christians. It says if, if we're in Christ, then Abraham's our father. 
it says we're his seed. And so what that means is this, we're not, we're not Jews, we're not his physical seed, but Galatians chapter 3 says we're his spiritual seed. And so the blessing, in other words, Galatians chapter 3, as you study that chapter, says through there are things like this, that if God promised it to Abraham, he promised it to us in Christ. If it belongs to Abraham, it belongs to us. And so this principle right here, he said, Abraham, I'm going to bless you so you can be a blessing. And so because we're Abraham's seed in Christ, we have been blessed to be a blessing. You know, we should never say we can't help somebody. We can always help somebody. And you know, it may not be putting money in their hand. It may not be giving them a car. It may not be providing a house. But I'll tell you what we can do. We can introduce them to the one that has the cars, the one that knows where the houses are, the ones that know how to get money and food in their house. We can introduce them to him. And you know, we was talking, Mr. Pastor talked to somebody yesterday about back in the 80s. Man, we were hit hard financially. And I said, there wasn't anybody to help us. Nobody ever helped us except Jesus. He provided our food, provided the things for our kids, provided our transportation. In 1985, I drove a junk, borrowed car for a whole year because I didn't have a job, didn't have any money, but I was doing the best I could do to do what we had to do, but the trucking industry fell out. And there wasn't jobs. And uh, it wasn't a welfare state then. Back then, it's like the government of Indiana believed the Bible. If a man don't work, he don't eat. That's what the Bible says. And so I wasn't working, but it wasn't because I didn't want to, because I just couldn't find a job. I mean, I got odd jobs sometimes, but I had a little, I had at that time about, oh, boy, five or six kids. And I don't know if you ever heard of a car called a Ford Fiesta. I had a Ford Fiesta. I had two teenage boys that had shoes like pontoon boats. I mean, those boys had feet that looked like they're that big. We got that car, we ride down the road and had them crunched like spaghetti in the back seat and their shoes up against the windows. And had the other kids, they didn't have to have car seats back then, so I had everybody squirrel as much as we could. I lived for a year that way. But the whole thing with all this, Jesus provided for us through the whole year. We didn't go everywhere we wanted to go didn't do everything they wanted to do, but one thing for sure, I, I told the people yesterday, I said, not one time did God get robbed of our tithe. First thing that happened for every dime we made, God got a penny out of the dime because it was making those dimes. And so everything we got, God got the first part, and we came through that. And so that's what I'm telling you, that the people cross your path wanting things all the time, you got the number one thing they need. You've been blessed to be a blessing. And so God has blessed us and expects us to take what he's given us to bless others. Say this with me. I'm blessed to be a blessing. Say it again. Say, I am blessed to be a blessing. Man, don't whine and don't focus on what you don't have. Focus on what you do have. I have thought about Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and read it Every day for the last couple of weeks, I do my brother, I got a brother, Hayden devotion I'll do. And a couple of weeks ago, he was on Philippians 4, 6, says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Let your request be known unto God. And I'll tell you what, 
that with thanksgiving is jumping off to me every day. Every day, that's the first thing I read is Philippians 4, 6. And so every day when I read that with thanksgiving, I stop. And I say, Father, I'm not going to ask you for anything right now. I'm going to thank you that when I about died three years ago, you saved my life. I'm going to thank you, Lord, that we've got this beautiful place you've blessed us with out here. I'm going to thank you, Lord, for this wonderful church in California that you've allowed us to pastor. I want to thank you for all the beautiful people in our church, Lord, these Christians that love God, that want to do things for you. I want to thank you for that. And I just kind of just started doing that. I said, I want to thank you, Lord, for that day in 1980. First time I saw my beautiful wife. Didn't know she was going to be my wife for a year. I thank you for things like that. I'm grateful for that. And I'm going to tell you, if we start realizing how we've been blessed, that takes care of all the stupid thoughts. Amen. And if we realize ourselves how we've been blessed, Jesus said, for the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Then when other people cross our path and they're crying the blues, we can start telling them how God's blessed us. And it gets a spillover blessing on them. Amen. Amen. So anyway, God, God expects us to take what he's given us to bless others. I, I'll say it again. That could be money. But I'll tell you what, it's far more valuable than money to get eternal life into somebody's heart and get their heart chased. I want you to look at uh, Galatians chapter, or not Galatians, Acts chapter 26. Acts chapter 26. And I'll tell you what, this is really, really a wonderful, wonderful few verses here at Acts 26. And we all know who the Apostle Paul was. And Paul went through a lot of things. And, you know, they put him in prison all the time and beat him all the time. And so he had a chance to come before the king and tell his story. But then I remember that when when Paul was on the, the road to Damascus, Jesus told him, you'll stand before kings and all I send you. And, you know, I, I want to tell you something. This is a strange thing. That I just thinking about this as I said that. When I was a truck driver back in Indianapolis, I delivered things to the governor's office and talked to people there. I delivered things to the county sheriff inside of his office. I delivered things on Skid Row, little old Skid Row houses, a place like that. And so one day... I may be talking to high-ranking officials in the state of Indiana and to people on Skid Row all the same day. I think about that as a Christian. God opens up doors to us. And so if we're Christians, if we're Christ-like and live it, then God's going to send people across our paths, rich people, poor people, in-between people, educated people, high school dropouts. He's going to send us to people. And we always got to have our spiritual antenna up and be ready to talk to whoever he sends us. Amen? We're blessed. Eternal life is for political leaders. Eternal life is for those people on the street. Eternal life is for the educated. Eternal life is for the ignorant. Every human being there is is going to take a last breath someday. And nobody, nobody goes through life without somebody telling them about Jesus somewhere along the way. And then the book of Romans, God said, if nobody's there to talk, he said, I'll talk to him through nature. Amen. But in our realm of influence, there's plenty of people we can talk to. So verse 13, Acts 26, verse 13, this is Paul giving his personal testimony to the king. He said, at midday, O king, I saw on the way a light from heaven about the brightness of the sun. 
shining round about me and them which journeyed with me. And when we were all fallen to the earth, I heard a voice speaking unto me and saying in the Hebrew tongue, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And I said, Who are you, Lord? And he said, I'm Jesus, whom thou persecutest. And so Paul was like all of us were before we knew who Jesus really was. Paul was a very religious man, born into a religious family. And when you read the New Testament, you see that Paul was a Hebrew of the Hebrews. He is a super-duper scholar. He is a Pharisee and, and a judge and all those different religious things that you can be, man. He kept on getting more and more PhDs and DDDs and all, all the stuff he could get about for his religious education and things he did, but he didn't know Jesus. And so I wrote this down. There's an eternity of difference between, between being religious and receiving Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. I know over, over, the, over, over the scope of my Christian life, I've met a lot of super-duper religious people that did not know Jesus. Matter of fact, you've heard my testimony much as the times, and may, probably people haven't heard it, but long story short, when I was a young boy, my grandma took us to the Baptist church. When I was a freshman in high school, I got born again. And I was the only Christian in my whole family besides grandma. Also, it, I mean, it was, it, was, it was really rough. My whole family, dad, mom, everybody persecuted me. Found out I was giving tithe to the church. So I started taking my money. My dad, mom's in heaven now, so it doesn't make it difference to talk about them. But it's a fact. They found out I was giving money to the church. I was, giving, I was giving God 10% of my money to the Baptist church. And none of them understood me because they didn't know Jesus. And so I lasted about a year as a Christian, then I backslid. And then when I was 28 years old, after living all those years for the devil again, I started getting convicted in my heart. I knew that I got to get right with God. And I knew to get right with God was to be born again, because I'd, I'd been born again before. And so there's a neighborhood church where I grew up at, I don't know why they go back to Grandma's Baptist Church. Maybe it's a good thing I did. They might have talked about a bit of tongue talker. But anyway, forgive me, Baptist. <laughs> but anyway, I started going to this neighborhood church, and I went there five Sundays in December of 1979. I know there's five Sundays because, man, I was counting off the days till another Sunday came to try to get saved there. And every Sunday I'd go to that church, they'd serve communion like we did today. And the... One of, the, one of the big singers of the choir was my drinking buddy from the tavern. He was an older guy. I was young. He was in his 50s. And, man, that guy could drink more beer than anybody I ever knew. We'd get off the job at 8.30 in the morning. By 9 o'clock, that guy had two or three beers down because the tavern was right around the corner. And so I, I go to that church to get saved, and there he is at the choir robot up there for all these other hypocrites. And so I listened to the preaching after I refused communion because I knew it's wrong me to take communion. I'm a sinner. I'm not walking with God. I don't want to touch communion. That's holy. I just know in my heart, this is a holy thing, and I can't do this. And so they passed the communion around. I wouldn't take it. I'd wait till the service is over with. I'd run to the altar and shook hands to the preacher. I said, i got to get right with God. And this religious guy, all he'd say was, that'd be nice. We'd all like to be right with God. Said things like that. And so I'd wait till the next Sunday. I went back there again the next Sunday. Same thing, man. They tried to make me take communion. I wouldn't do it. I looked at Tutter, oh, excuse me, I looked at the man up there. He'd belch his beer out and sing. I'd wait till the preaching was done. 
I'd go up there, shake the hand. He said, yeah. He said, good to see you back. He said, I said, he said a little bit of talk. I said, i got to get right with God. Will you pray for me? <laughs> yeah, we'd all like to be right with God. I thought, man. So third Sunday, I went back, and they had a younger guy up there as an associate. Same thing. I said, hey, man, will you pray for me? I said, I've got to get Jesus back in my heart. And you know, said something stupid to me. So five Sundays that happened, and finally, finally at the end, at, 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 at the end of December, coming to the first week of January, one well, of my truck driving friends, that was a sinner, still on Facebook today. I'm still preaching to him. Jerry, if you're watching, get it. So anyway, anyway, I'm riding down the road there to Indianapolis in my 18-wheeler. I picked up my CB radio, and I wasn't saved yet, so I still doing stupid stuff. So I said, did stupid stuff on the CB radio because nobody knows who you are out there, the CB. And what I did, Jerry was in range. I said, Bernie, is that you? Yeah, Jerry, is that you? <laughs> so he said, hey, where are you at? I told him so we get off the next exit with this restaurant we like. So we sit there at the restaurant, and I didn't tell him I'd been going to church trying to get hooked up with God. But then he starts telling me, you know what, something strange going on in my life. He said, my wife and her family, her dad, mom, and the rest of them, said they're starting to go to this Pentecostal church. Well, I never knew what a Pentecostal church was, except weird, goofy people. I always saw my neighbor at the Pentecostals. They were weird ones, man. We used to like to go there in the summertime and just watch through the open door through the heat and see them dancing and jumping and falling and stuff they was doing for entertainment. That's all I knew. Pentecostals are weird. And so he starts talking about this Pentecostal church, and he starts talking about his wife getting healed, about his father-in-law getting healed. And so long story short, I talked to his wife to find out where that church was. I went in, and they pointed me in the right direction. And then I said that prayer myself one day when I was making delivery in downtown Indianapolis. What I've said is this. I went to a preacher and another preacher at a church full of people, and the name of that church was called Christian Church, by the way. Right on the front, Christian Church. Matter of fact, I took a picture of it when I was out there a couple weeks ago. Took a picture of that Christian church. I went to that Christian church to find Jesus. Two preachers and the people went there could not hook me up with Jesus. And so what did, what did God do? He had an unsaved truck driver. Told me what to do and where to go. Do you remember when God sent a donkey to talk to a prophet? Well, if God can use a donkey and God can use an unsaved truck driver, why can't he use you church people? Amen. And, and so anyway, uh, Paul, Paul said, who are you, Jesus? And so verse 16 then, Jesus said, I, he said, verse 15, I'm Jesus whom thou persecutest. But then verse 16, he says, But rise and stand upon thy feet, for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose. You know that God doesn't do anything by chance? That God's a pre-planner? I want to say that again. God's a pre-planner. God knew you before you were born. God knew you before you were born again. Well, that's, that's another story. That's another story. I've been saved for a few years. I've been saved for a few years. And one day, the Lord just spoke to me real plain. He said, I saw you that night in the sunshine inn. 
have the sunshine in, but we got, when we got paid on Thursday, there was a little tavern down the street from the truck dock that cashed our checks, so we'd all go down to the sunshine in, get our checks cashed, sit around there, soak up some suds. And so anyway, one night we were having, me and my brother-in-law were sitting in there talking, drinking beer, and we had a guy, we had a guy at church that was, you know, like a lot of messed up Christians. He gets saved for a while, and we got saved for a while. He'd go overboard. He'd come in. He'd, he'd condemn us for smoking cigarettes. Yeah, we were sinners and we smoked. He condemned us for drinking. We were sinners and we drank. He condemned us for telling dirty jokes. We were sinners. We told dirty jokes. We lived like sinners sin. But he'd come in, he'd unload on us about our lifestyle. And then the next week, he'd come in hung over and staggered because he fell off the wagon. He went back out there and he was drunk again. And so he'd lived that way. So we're sitting in the sunshine in and was having to talk about that and at that point in time, I wasn't anywhere close to God. And so I talked about if I ever go to church. We was talking about this guy. And I said, well, I'll tell you what, Kenny. If I ever go to church, I'll be all the way or not at all. I said, I'll be it all the way. So a few years later, after serving Jesus, he said, I heard you that night. And he said, I knew you meant it. He said, that's why I'm using you, because I knew you meant it. So even as a sinner, I knew I was not going to be a hypocrite. I was either going to be a God man or not. I wasn't going to be a double agent. Amen. And then I was going to do like Paul said. Paul said, watch how I live and follow me as I follow Christ. Amen. So that's, that's, that's how we did it. So Paul said, uh, uh, Jesus said to Paul, I've appeared to thee for this purpose, to make, a, make thee a minister and a witness. This is God for all of us. He wants us to be able to minister to people at least in the one-on-one arena, then if he gives you some kind of a ministry, whatever it is, to be able to effective, be effective in that, but also to witness. He said, both of these things which thou hast seen have those things in which I will appear unto thee. So God said, I want you to be able to be a blessing with what you're blessed with and the things I'll bless with in the future. This is the will of God and his plan at his purpose for everyone that asks Jesus to come to their heart. Every born-again child of God is blessed with eternal life through Jesus Christ their Lord. So we can be a blessing by telling others what happened to us. By telling others the things we're learning as we grow in Christ, be able to share things. And boy, I tell you what, with the social social media stuff, hey, you guys can share stuff every day. A lot of you do. It's so good to see Christians put scriptures on there and then tell what they mean to them. And then, especially when it's Christians that you personally don't thought, wow, these guys are living this, and we know this is effective. And then, and then, you know, I just want to tell you about what a witness is. We're going to talk about this in detail. Witness is one that tells what they've seen, they've experienced, and they heard. A witness. You know, you've all seen court shows, you've read books probably seen things like that a witness is somebody tells what they've seen and that's what he told paul said paul i want you to be a witness tell what you've seen tell i'm going to show you amen how many here have ever received healing from jesus you can be a witness to sick people how many here have ever received a restoration in your family. Relationships changed or turned around where you know Jesus. 
you can be a witness to broke up families. How many here have ever been delivered from something, whether it's alcohol, drugs, nicotine, or whatever? How many have ever had a bad habit you got delivered from? Amen. You're a witness. You've seen that. You've experienced that. You've been blessed to be a blessing. Amen. How many have ever been in a financial strait to where you needed help from God and you got blessing financially? Amen. I'll tell you what, the times we live in, we got a we got a church full of witnesses right here. Well, we can have court today right out there in the middle of Barstow, and we can we can have evidence that wasn't hearsay. You know what hearsay is? That's just somebody telling how somebody else has been blessed. You know, I remember one time downtown Indianapolis on Monument Circle. That's the big main part of Indianapolis. Had my truck down there. I had delivery to a store in the downtown circle. And this guy's unloaded me was a religious guy from a cult. I'm not going to say what name of the cult is. But it's, but it's an international cult. And they call it a church, but it's not. It's a cult because they don't believe Jesus is the risen Son of God. They think Jesus is the Son of God. They think Jesus was a great prophet. They think Jesus was a great teacher. But Jesus wasn't the Son of God. I'm a Son of God. John's a Son of God. Dennis is a Son of God. We're all sons of God. Jesus was just our brother. He's one of us. And so they're a cult. Cults are people that don't believe as Jesus is deity as the one as the one and only. So anyway, this guy this guy's in the back of my truck, and we're just I don't know how the conversation got started. Why I'm throwing boxes off to him, and somehow or another we got into religion and things like that there. And then I start talking to him about Jesus being the Savior, Jesus being the Healer, and uh, you know the guys tell me how wrong I am that oh no I couldn't do that he's dead. I said no he's risen. And so anyway. I started to give me testimonies about healing. I talked about a blind lady laid hands on, she got healed. I talked about a crippled man I laid hands on, started walking, just popped off four or five of them. And the guy stops and starts getting tears in his eyes. And he says, well, I believe he'd do that for you. I said, he did do it for me because I wouldn't tell him. I wasn't telling him. My pastor said, or my pastor did, I had first-hand evidence. It was not hearsay. I'm the one that laid hands on the blind lady. It wasn't some preacher on TV. Amen. I'm the one that laid hands on that man that had the stroke and his legs were crippled up, and I saw his legs healed right in front of my eyes. So the stories I told him was first-hand evidence. If I was in court, they would have been admissible as evidence. wasn't hearsay. I didn't hear Dylan say he prayed for somebody that got healed. I could tell the judge... I could tell the prosecutor, I laid hands on this lady as she walked. Now, if you, if you want to call me a liar, you can call me a liar, but I was there, I did it, and she did it. And I'll go get her if I have to get her, she can tell you too. That's evidence. He said, I'll make you a witness. And so the things that you experience are firsthand testimony. They carry weight with people. I'll tell you what, I've been around some mean people that have had some mean words. But when it's things I really experienced, I'm not making up some story, it's for real, they believe it. Amen. Amen. So anyway, a witness tells what they've seen and experienced. And notice verse 17. And this might help you. He said, Deliver thee from the people and from the Gentiles of whom now I send thee. How many of you ever prayed for a job and you got the job? How many of you ever prayed for an open door to do something somewhere and you got there and it happened? 
And then you got there, they had mean people that didn't like Christians. He said, I'm going to deliver you for the people I send you to. God sends us to the boogers. God sends us to mean people. I mean, it's nice to, it's nice to be in a Christian environment, but if you're working on a job that's all Christians, where's your mission field? Amen. Jesus, now listen, I'm telling you this right now. Jesus said, I'm going to deliver you from the people I send you to. You know, you, 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 you share your testimony with these people. Some of them receive it, some don't. You know, I was thinking this morning about one of the cases I got. Wow, I can't remember that guy's name right now. Mom, I was first married. But anyway, long story short, uh, I say this respectfully. Where I was at the Bible Belt back there, we didn't have a lot of weirdos like California's got. I don't know how else to say it. So, so I read out, out here, out here, a big percentage of the people that I've met are like this one guy I met one time for the first time there. I come out here, I thought, man, there's more of them. I, I, I was delivered downtown Indianapolis, backed up this place for the first time. And this guy come out there, man, he's got this hair. And I don't know if I got this hair job. Won't look if you do that. That's okay. He's got this hair. He's really scraggly. And I'm not against tattoos, but first time I ever saw him, I have tattoos everywhere. So the guy's got these tattoos all over him, but they don't have those back there. They do now. And he's got this demon necklace thing around his neck, little shark teeth or something, and a skull in the middle of it. Just really weird, weird looking guy. And so I said, hey, I got a delivery for you. And next thing you know, I'm preaching to him. And I'm preaching to him. He's got this thing around his neck, this great big old evil-looking thing with these red glaring eyes kind of sparkling, doing weird stuff like that. And I'm seeing all this stuff. I'm preaching to this guy. I ended up leading him to Jesus. And I found out he's like every other human being. And then the guy tells me that he can't eat or drink anything hardly at all except special baby milk type stuff because he got severe ulcers. And this guy was only about 25 years old. But with all that demon stuff he had on everything like that, I thought, man, no wonder you let the devil control your life. And so I led him to Jesus. And then me and Mrs. Pastor invited him and his girlfriend to come to our house several times, and we discipled them. But I'm just thinking about that. The people, you know, as a sinner... That guy would have scared me. But as a Christian, I thought this one that Jesus sent me to. And then some of the mean people I've known over the years that Jesus sent me to. And sometimes I would start whining, oh, pray, oh, Lord, get him out of here, get him out of here. Oh, Lord, get me out of here, man. I don't, I don't like being here like that. And then I would realize, wait a minute, if I'm going to be here, I might as well be what I'm supposed to be. I might as well be a witness. Amen. And so, you know, I think about the times over the years as a pastor, I've had the people come through the prayer line. This is after giving the testimony last month about the job they just got that God gave them. And then they hear this time up here, Pastor, you got to pray for me. I'm the only Christian on the whole job. They're sinners and they're mean ones. And sometimes I would say, now, wait a minute. Didn't I agree with you in prayer for that job? 
And didn't you testify God gave you that job? Then it might be, instead of getting upset about no Christians there, that you're supposed to be the Christian maker. Maybe, maybe you should start sharing the love of Jesus instead of wanting to fight him. And I know that somebody said they're thinking right now, Pastor, you're talking to me, and I'm getting very uncomfortable. I really want to quit this job. That wasn't what I wanted to hear, but I think maybe I better be praying and doing something to what God wants me to do. And you know what I what you know what I found happens in Psalm seventy-five, verse six and seven. It says, "Promotion cometh neither from the east nor the west nor from the south, but God is the judge." He put it down one and set it up another. I found out in my years of secular work that I finally got with the program. I started doing what I was supposed to do. God would either promote, promote me up where I was or promote me to another company where I did better because I did what I was supposed to be doing and he could trust me. Doing better preaching than you are shouting. Amen. As a matter of fact, matter of fact, as you look at that verse right there, when he said, I'm going to protect you, going to deliver you protection for the people I send you to, that was the first witness protection program. Isn't that what he said? He said, I'm going to send you to places and be around people, but I'll protect you while you're there. That's called witness protection, isn't it? So don't, don't be a double agent, be an undercover agent. Amen. Mrs. Pastor, you're getting nuggets this morning, aren't you? Another book coming. <laughs> and, so, and so anyway, Jesus will lead us many times to people that aren't very nice. And just always remember, many of us weren't very nice either. Man, I, t- I tell you what, I just keep thinking about my old, sharing this here is kind of sharing my testimony, my old past life. I remember I went through a very, very, very rough period of life back in the mid-70s. And uh, I don't know what else to say, man. I, I went off the deep end. I got, I got an afro. I had a put my hair, grew my hair back. I had an afro. And I don't grow a very good beard, so bad, those stupid, ugly pictures. I'm so glad we only got about one left. I had this stupid, big, fuzzy beard, an afro. I drove semis with platform shoes and bell bottoms. I thought I was Mr. Cool. I bought leisure suits because I went to the discos. This is when discos were hot. I got out there. They had the ball of the thing spinning around like that. They had the glass floors lit up. And I was so stupid, on my job, I wore that. I had the shirt unbuttoned down there, the silky, goofy shirt, and I had beads stuff I wore around my face. <laughs> Driving semis like that. Can you imagine getting in a semi? I had these great big ugly shoes, had heels about that big, and couldn't hardly walk like that. What did these people think they saw me get out of that truck? Wow. I thought I was cool, though. I thought I was cool. But at the same time, I just tried to act cool to the people I wanted to be cool to, everybody else I was mean to, because life was bad right then. And so I said, told that story to get to this part. After I'd been saved a couple years, and I witnessed to all the people in the office on my job, one day I got the Baptist secretary 
filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues right there in the office of all those center secretaries. I said, I, I said, I said, raise your hands. She raised her hand. I laid hands on her. She started speaking in tongues. The whole office stopped. And everybody looked. That's the kind of stuff I do. I, I, my terminal manager, the big head guy, knew what a powerful Christian I was. And overtime was shut off, and I didn't like overtime anyway. I'd get in off my run. This is a couple of years I've been a Christian. And his office was a glass office, so he could see everything going on everywhere. All the guys with seniority had to clock out and go home. That was the money grubbers. Wanted all the money, wanted the overtime. I didn't want it anyway. That guy would, he'd see me at the time clock. And he'd look up, hey, 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 tell Bernie to come here and see me. I'd go back there, and the guy was married to a Jewish woman. He wanted to ask me questions about Jesus, and he, he wasn't a Christian. He would ask me questions about Jesus so he'd tell his wife about her. This happened several times. He called me back there to talk about Jesus because he knew I wasn't a phony. And so I sit back there thinking, man, I want to get out of here. I don't want to be in here. And so all the guys out there getting mad, look at him and they're sucking up to the boss. He's sucking up again. I wasn't sucking up again. I was in a witness protection program. He called me back there because he wanted to hear some things. And so anyway, after I was born again those couple years leading all these people to Jesus. One day, one of the guys out there on the dock, I prayed the prayer of salvation with him, laid to Jesus on the dock, and I had this guy that worked with me that was a Christian. He was basically a dead denomination where they didn't believe much about anything. They believed about Jesus. And so I saw him in the break room, and I was all excited. I said, hey, man, I just led so-and-so to the Lord. And so then this guy stops and goes, Where'd you baptize him at? I said, well, there ain't no water on the dock. He said, he's not saved then. I said, this guy had been a religious Christian for probably longer than I was old. And so then uh, I said, well, I saw the Bible said, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. He didn't know what to say about that. I said, in Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10, it says, If you believe in your heart and confess through your mouth, Jesus is Lord, you'll be saved. And so then I said, and then, and then the Holy Ghost through me said this. So now I want to ask you a question. And I wasn't thinking in my head, my heart talking. I said, how come all these years I was so hurt out there, you never one time told me about Jesus? You know what he said? He said, well, you're so mean, I was afraid to. And I said, I wasn't as mean as Paul was. I didn't kill any Christians. <laughs> and so I wasn't mean. I looked mean, but I was hurting. And I learned lessons out of that over the course of my truck driving life. And even after out of a truck as a pastor, I learned that the people I run into in life they're spitting out the meanest things or the hurtless people. And so I learned to ignore insults. I learned to ignore cussing. I learned to ignore that venom. And I learned to share words that I could share that would bless. And if I got cussed out, then what it cost me nothing? I'm dead. My life is hid with Christ in God. And so that's what I learned over the years, that the meaner they are, the better they fall. Amen. 
And so, you know, I'm just telling you things. What, what, you know, I did all these stories wasn't planned at all. I realized that what am I doing? I've done what Paul was doing, King Agrippa. I'm telling you what I've heard. I'm telling you what I've seen. I'm telling you what I've experienced. That it's time for us as Christians to start fulfilling God's plan and purpose. We've been blessed to be a blessing. I've received eternal life. I got delivered from alcohol. I went into the drugs too much, a little bit of marijuana, and that's, that's about as deep as it went. But a little bit I was in there. I got delivered from that stuff. I got delivered from all the things I was in by Jesus. So I've been blessed. And those people that are addicted and hurt up and messed up in life out there, I can be a blessing. Amen. Say this to me. Say, I've been blessed. Say it like you mean it. I've been blessed to be a blessing. Amen, amen, amen. Now, look at verse 18. This is really, really, really critical to our whole lifestyle. And so he says, I'm sending you to these people to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light. How many know that all those addictions are darkness? All that fear and depression is darkness. All this horrible, horrible, horrible politics and social unrest in our nation is darkness. At our job, just think, if the amount of Christians are in America that are real Christians go to church would start sharing with the people that cross their path all these different rioters and haters and dividers and everything there is, if one-on-one they started talking to people, their testimony, and we started chasing this, ter- this nation one person at a time, then Jesus would truly again be Lord over America. It's the one-on-one thing. And you know, in the influence and arena, as we're witnessing with our life, and witnessing is not a drudgery, we have to force it out, it's a natural thing. It just happens. You know, I think about John, think about Jesse over at the Ford dealership, all the people come through there. Uh, think, think, think about uh, Tawny and... Uh, Blank. Jamie, work, work at, work at the, work at, work, work at the uh, adoption center. That's what it's called, a right? foster child adoption place. All, all the hurting people come across the paths there. It just whatever your, whatever your jobs are. I think about Brittany. I mean, one of the super waitresses in town. If you ever want to be blessed, go over to. I can't tell the advertisement, but anyway, go over there and eat. Talk to me after the service. It'll be good. I can tell you where it used to be. It used to be Bun Boy. That's where we got fat at. <laughs> but anyway, all these different people, all the jobs you got, just in the one-on-one things, just the one-on-one things, you change one, you change one person, and they can change a hundred people. I think about well, you know, again about these influencers. You guys know who Burtek is? Well, the Burtek, the Burtek Company of Indianapolis. I I can't remember the name of that place now. I was eating in a restaurant one day. And I was sitting there, the seats were all well close, and there's this old guy sitting beside me, and I started talking to him. Turns out he's Mr. Burtek of Indiana. He was the guy that founded and owned the company, and everywhere you went in Central Indiana, that was the trucks that were everywhere. Got to talk to this guy, and the guy just talks about, oh, I'm just getting old now, and got my sons, and I don't know if they want my company and stuff. I said, well, what's your company? Just tell me we're talking. Just And this guy was, I think, probably, probably around 75 years old. That's not old now, though. But anyway, he was old to him. 
<laughs> and so, long story short, I said, well, Mr. Burtek, whatever his name was, I said, you know what? The only problem you got is you don't know Jesus. And so this guy is a multimillionaire guy and things like that. And whatever he said, I said, could I pray with you to receive Jesus? The guy said, yeah, I'd like that. And I prayed with this old guy to receive Jesus. He got born again. And, you know, I'm thinking about that. It wasn't a hard thing. It was an easy thing. And then, well, one more story. Want another story? We had a Chinese missionary. A girl we supported for years, still friends with her. Matter of fact, Pastor David, I talked to her a couple of years ago in Minnesota. Chinese, Chinese missionary lady. In our church, and we took, her to, we took her to lunch at this cafeteria, and this was probably 25 years ago. The Japanese car factories were just starting to get big in Indiana. And so anyway, this guy, we, we, we was going through the line, and I saw this, saw this Japanese guy behind me, and up there paying for him, and I told the cashier, I said, I'm buying his too. I said, I bought this guy's lunch. He got up there, and the girl uh, told him, said, hey, that man paid for it. And so, you know, we're, we're unconsciously led by the Spirit of God. And so he looked at me like that, and he spoke very broken English. He, you know, I'm not making fun of you know, just Japanese talk. And I didn't know what to think about it, except I said this. I said, why don't you come and eat with us? And I thought, here's Heidi right there. She might know some of this talk. And she did know some of it. And so this Japanese guy sits down at our table there, and we're sitting there, in his broken English and her broken Japanese Chinese mix that she had from where she was at, we led him to Jesus. You know who he was? The name of this great big Toshi Hushi, whatever it was, factory. He was the guy that owned it. He Mr. Toshi Huko or whatever his name was. We led him to Jesus. We led him to Jesus. Yeah. And think about this. I, and, you know, I'm just telling you again, the people that cross your paths, you just got to let the Holy Ghost in. You begin to work and do things. That was such an awesome thing. I love that. So anyway, it says, we turn them from darkness to light for the power of Satan unto God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. And so our whole thing is we've been blessed how many have been turned from darkness to light? From the power of Satan unto God. And that power there means authority. You know, whether, whether you say it this way or not, if you were controlled by sin and demons, then Satan was your Lord at one time. He was your master. He made you do things you didn't want to do. He made you say things you didn't want to say. He made you hurt people that you loved. Amen. Is, is, that, is that right? Well, that's what Jesus told Paul. He said, I want you to turn these people from that kingdom into my kingdom. And so I want to show you real simply how to do that. I want you to look at Mark chapter 16. Amen. And we're going to look at verse 15, 20. And Jesus, it tells us here, how every one of us can do verse 18 of Acts 26, how we can turn people from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto God. 
so they can be born again Christians and receive eternal life. We call this the Great Commission. Verse 15 said to him, Go ye to all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And so your world might be the Ford dealership, might be the Walmart store, it might be Dave working out in the fields helping the farmers. It might be you guys that work at the marine base, school system, railroad, wherever you work at, that's your part of the world. He said you preach the gospel. Well, that just means you're proclaiming the good news. That just means you're letting people know that Jesus changed my life. Is that good news your life was changed? Well, that one guy on my job there that uh, told me I thought you was too mean, well, we, we actually become friends after that. Why, why is that? Because I wasn't the same person anymore, and my witness even changed him to be a better Christian. This says, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. And those signs are the evidence, the evidence of your witnessing. In my name they cast out demons, speak with new tongues, take up serpents, drink any data things shall hurt them, they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. That's evidence that Jesus is risen. If you're telling people that Jesus in the Gospels always healed people, and if Jesus is the same yesterday and forever, that means Jesus still healed people today. Uh, so he said, lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. So then after the Lord has spoken unto them, he has received up into heaven and set on the right hand of God, and they went forth and preached everywhere. Here's the key to our Christian witness. The Lord working with them. Confirming the word with signs following. Confirming the word with signs following. The new birth, receiving eternal life, is the greatest blessing God has ever given to a human being. It's the beginning of every blessing of the new covenant. Now, what I want to do, I want to ask the lovely and gracious Mrs. Pastor. And Mrs. Pastor and I have done this for nearly 40 years together, over and over before we were in the ministry together. And since we've been in the ministry, we have led so many people to Jesus. It's just, it's not even funny. We've got so many healings take place on the streets, in the stores, everywhere we go. We've always done this. But listen, now this is not a setup. How many of you, I want to ask again, how many of you have ever had hands laid on you and been healed? Uh, lots of you. How many of you have ever been delivered when you know there's something messing with you and you knew it wasn't you, it was the devil messing with you? Getting you all messed up, you've been delivered. Okay, well, that means that you are set up to be a witness, and a witness produces evidence. A witness tells what they've seen, what they've experienced, what they've heard. Okay, now, just for the sake, I really know her. She's my wife. So this is just a, this is just a skit. And so this is someone... Impromptu skit. Impromptu. <laughs> we don't have any words, but we've just done it so many times. But this, this is for one purpose. This is for this purpose. You all want to witness. A lot of you do witness. But 
for the sake of showing you exactly how to do it. Sometimes it's a whole lot easier instead of telling somebody how to bake a cake. Say, stand here and watch me what I do. Here's how you bake it. Okay. The things we've talked today about you are blessed to be a blessing, it kind of, it kind of goes something like this. Okay. So I'm in, the, I'm in one of the biggest gathering places in, in Barstow. It's called Walmart. And I've prayed with a lot of people in the Barstow Walmart, and probably a lot of you have too. I've laid hands on strangers in the Barstow Walmart and got them healed right there in the soap aisle, right there in the cereal aisle, and uh, maybe the toilet paper aisle again because the shelves are getting replenished. <laughs> but anyway, I'm walking through, walking through the Walmart. Oh, hi. Well, hi. well, hi, Janice. Hey, how are you doing? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm doing great. Uh, uh, have you thought about what I talked about that last time about, about Jesus, about maybe coming to our church? No, I don't, I don't really want to come to your church. I, you know, my life's busy, and that would take time, and I don't really want to do that. Well, but 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 how you been feeling? How's things going? Well, some things are going good. Some things I haven't been feeling very well lately. You know, stuff's been going around. You know, I've kind of had a headache, sore throat. You know, stuff like that. Oh, really? A lot of that's been going around. Yeah. But you know what? What? It it tried to get on me, but you know, I've told you about Jesus. He's my savior, he's my healer, and I talked to Jesus. I got it off of me. You did? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and how, you do know, you, how do you do that? Yeah, I, I, I'll tell you. But you know what else? There's been a lot of people in my church got those sore throats and body aches and all that kind of thing. And I'll tell you what, all of them I've talked to received healing from Jesus. But let me ask you something. You don't want to come to church, that's okay. You have to come to church to be a Christian. Uh, you, it sure helps you if you come to church as a Christian, but the same Jesus that healed me will heal you right here in Walmart. Doesn't even have to be in church. Oh, that's pretty cool. Well, Jesus said in the Bible that if believers, and I'm a believer, lay hands on the sick in his name, he'll be with me, work with me, and he'll heal them. As I want to ask you something. Now, I'm not inviting you to a church. I've been doing that enough already, and you said no. But let me ask you this. If your throat's hurting, you've been having that hacking cough, and you've been hurting, God just pray for you and ask Jesus to heal you? Sure, that'd be great. Okay, I'm going to do that right okay. now. Okay. And then I pray a good prayer in the name of Jesus and receive healing from God. And we just want to thank you, Jesus, not for touching her, but for healing her. Thank you, Father. You said in your name that you would heal them. They'd recover. That Jesus working with me. We just want to thank you, Lord, that Miss Janice is healed. Thank you. Amen. Wow. Now, you feel different? Yeah. My throat's not hurting anymore. I feel a lot well, better. Know, well, you know what? Now, now this is not for you that we're going to take a break on you. This is for you. I just produced the evidence Jesus is alive. That's called evidence. Witnesses have evidence. That's the evidence. Why is that? Because if he stayed dead, if he's just a great prophet, just a, just a great teacher, if he's just one of us, and I prayed that, she just said, I feel worse. I don't feel any better. But Jesus has risen. And so when we pray with people, we're not dependent on us, we're dependent on him. 
Amen. Say he works with us. Okay, now, now, back, now back to the scene. Okay. Okay, now, I want to tell you something. Jesus did that. I know you're a really good person, but Jesus did that because you're a good person. He did that because he loves you. Wow. He did that because he loves you. And, you know, again, I'm not, I'm not inviting you to church, but I'm inviting you to receive Jesus. Would you pray with me? Yeah, I'd like to do that. Well, here, just say these words to me. Say, say, dear God. Dear God. I believe that Jesus is your son. I believe that Jesus is your son. He died for my sins. He died for my sins. And he rose from the dead. And he rose from the dead. Jesus. Jesus. Come into my heart. Come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Be my Savior. And I'll follow you. And I'll follow you. And I'll serve you. And I'll serve you. All the days of my life. All the days of my life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hey, when did you say your church starts? I didn't. When did, what time does your church start? You can't get there from here. You can't get there from here? No, you're going to have to pray and find it. Oh. No, that's not how you do it. <laughs> that's not how you do it. See, I've given you a good example. That's why some Christians get the job done because they're not ready. Now, if I was a casual attender, I would say, well, I'm not sure they're having services yet. I think they are. But because I'm a fanatic and I'm hooked up and I'm serious, our church starts at 10 o'clock on Sunday morning. We usually go about two hours. Okay. And if you have children, well, wait a minute. You're just a little bit older. You might have grandchildren. Oh, I do. <laughs> I have both. You know, children this, and I, I said that with love. <laughs> we, have, we have things for the little bitty babies, the infants. We have things for the bigger babies, where, the, where they've got their own little, called the toddler nursery. We have children's church for different class ages. And then we have Sunday night service at 6 o'clock. goes about an hour and a half, probably. And then we also have Wednesday night service, where we have things for the youth. And we have things for the adult. We call it the hour of power. goes for about an hour. But the main thing is that Jesus loves you. And let me ask you something, right? When you said those words of that prayer... Did you feel different on the inside? Something felt really good? Yeah, I just felt just I just felt something leave me and I just I kind of feel new inside. Well the Bible calls that born again. Oh boy. You've been born again. That means you now have eternal life in your heart. And you know the best part about all this? You can go to sleep at night and not be in fear and wonder where you're gonna go when you die someday. That's you know true. you're gonna to go to heaven. Amen. Amen. Hey, you told me what you told me about your church, but you didn't tell me where it is. Where is your church, and what is the name uh, of it? www.hdwc.org. Well, I don't have a computer. What's you know, the name maybe, of your maybe church? Maybe we ought to find out where our church is, not just give an internet address. What, what okay, is, where, what okay. Is the, what here's is the name where it of is. Your church? You, it's called High Desert Word Center. Oh, okay. Now, do you know where the drive-in is over there on Old Fifty Eight? Yeah. Right across from the drive-in. Okay. Got a great big cross on the building. Okay. That great big beautiful brown building. We have six wonderful new units on top of the building. It's cool in the summertime. And it's warm in the wintertime. Oh, boy, okay. And have a church full of people that are full of faith and love, not doubt and fear. Amen. Are you going to be there so I'll see a familiar face? Are you going to be there too? Uh, well, less, less about a town this week. Unless I got something better to do. Oh. But other people be there. Yeah, but I don't want to come up there other people. I want to see you because I know you. Well, I'll do my best. No, I'll be there. Okay. You know, you know why we said that? 
happens all the time. I cannot tell you the amount of times that somebody's come to church and walked through the door. I said, it's your first time there. They're going like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, we're so-and-so. They're not here today. Well, they've been inviting me to come, and I came today. Oh. So we as Christians have to know a good witness follows through. Amen. Till we get the fish cleaned. Amen. That's good, Mom. Okay. Um, the other day I made up before I went up, before I went to Indiana and uh, see Dr. Barkley in Kentucky, I made up some little uh, how to lead someone to Jesus, so many confections, confessions. It's got tracks and stuff in there, and I put them in a little basket up there. So, you know, grab one on the way out. They're free. Amen. Did that help anybody today? Amen. This, this is, guys, this is, this, this is for real. And, you know, the, the things I read, that little thing on evangelism there, I honestly don't remember saying any of those things. But I read this morning, man, they provoked me. They stirred me. There's a lot of good nuggets in there. And they're back here in the bookstore if you want to buy some of those. Maybe they'll stir you. And, uh, you know, things like that. I put my house where I study and stuff. I see little things like that for all the other people and, you know, different ones like that. They kind of provoke me. They might help you. But anyway, let's have some altar time right now. Is that okay? Amen. And what I, you guys can stand up. And Josh will get up there and play it a little bit. But uh, let, me, let me tell you what, what I did down in Louisville. We was down in Louisville a couple of weeks ago. Dr. Barclay, my pastor, was there. That was for a pastor's only thing. And Dr. Barclay wanted to pray for a pastor, wanted to pray. And so what I said, now listen to me real close. Listen to me. This kind of thing helps you. I said, Lord, I don't really have any problems. The church is good. We're doing good. But I'd like to be reignited by my pastor laying hands on me. And so I said, Lord, I believe that when Dr. Barclay lays hands on me, you're going to reignite things in me. I wasn't backslid or anything, just man. I get around a man of God, I want some. And so I noticed, since Dr. Barclay has me in Louisville, my fire's got knocked up a notch. And so anyway, we pray for you for healing, anything else you need. But if you, if you, want, if you want reignited, if you want something, if you stirred today and think, man, I've got to get bold again, now let me lay hands on you. Come up here, and I, actually, we got a bunch of bold people up here. I mean, anybody can lay hands on you. But if if you need a point of contact, and you just think, man, I just want something, then come up and get it. If you need healing, whatever it is, tell us. But we'll pray for you. We'll worship God. We'll lay hands on you, and let's turn the heat up in this church—not that heat, but the fire of God. Amen. Let's get some tongues of fire back in here. Let's be some Book of Acts. Amen. Come on. All right, we got it. Come and get it. All my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able. I will sing of the goodness of God. All my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been 
goodness is running after, it's running after me. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. With my life laid down, I'm surrendered now. I give you everything. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. is running after it's running after me your goodness is running after it's running after me with my life laid down I'm surrendered now I give you everything your goodness is running after it's running after me is running after, it's running after me, your goodness is running after, it's running after me, with my life laid down, I'm surrendered now, I give you everything, your goodness is running after, it's running after me. Goodness is running after, it's running after me. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. With my life laid down, surrendered now, I give you everything. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. you have been faithful all my life you have been so so good with every breath that I am able I will sing of the goodness of God
right, all right, amen. Well, we're going to be reverent. We've still got some ministry going on up here, so we'll be respectful and reverent of that. But praise God, we had a great service today. Appreciate everybody being here, even on Labor Day weekend. And I want you guys to have a blessed evening. There's no service tonight, so keep that in mind. Um, and, of course, enjoy your time with your family tomorrow. I want to remind you of a couple of quick things. If you serve in the Ministry of Helps and uh, you need help with your email situation, Leah will be at the uh, coffee bar here in a minute, so she'll help you with the technological side of that. And uh, so get that figured out. Amen. And, of course, uh, we got our baptisms coming up next Sunday. It's going to be our last one uh, with Corey, so make sure we bless him. And our missionaries will be here next week also. It's a very busy time. Amen. Let me pray over you. And then if we're at a good spot, we'll say our Barstow Faith Confession. Amen. Can you raise your hands today? Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord, for every single person here, everybody watching online with us. Lord, I thank you that they made the choice today to start their day with you. They made the choice to be in the house of the Lord and, and, and to be here in the word of God. Lord, I thank you that there's blessing in that. And may the word that was sown forth in us today, we will not return void. It will accomplish everything you sent it forth to do. Use us this week to be a blessing, God. I know you've blessed every single one of us. Now let us bless somebody else and be a light to them, be a witness to them, and use us in these end times, God, to do your work and to do it your way. We love you and we thank you for it. In the mighty name of Jesus, can somebody say amen? Amen. All right. All right. Let's go ahead and we're going to do our Barstow faith confession and then you're dismissed. Hallelujah. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen. We will see you.